Hello and welcome to Two Peds in a Pod, the paediatric medical education podcast. Remember, you can hear our entire back catalogue of episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and of course our SoundCloud. So please tell your colleagues and friends and hit that subscribe button. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, hello and welcome back to Two Peds in a Pod, the paediatric medical education podcast. Uh, I'm your host again, Ian Lewins, a PM consultant based in Derby. And it's my very great pleasure to be joined this afternoon uh, by Dr. Katie Knight, who is also a PM, PEM consultant based at North Middlesex University Hospitals. Uh, good afternoon, Katie. How are you? Good afternoon. Uh, lovely to talk to you, Ian. Hi. Good. Um, I, I wanted to get you on for quite some time, um, and and this is a very timely discussion to talk about sort of paediatricians um, and environmental issues because obviously we, at the moment we've got the the COP twenty six conference coming up. Um, but but following you on Twitter, as I have for quite some quite a few years now, environmental issues to you has always been something that you've you've tweeted about very. Um, Vigorously, vigorously. That's maybe not quite the word, but but passionately. Yeah, that's better. What, why? Why is it something that that sort of is so interesting or so important to you? Well, I think it's uh, it's the way that lots of people get into this. Um, started my personal life, started making decisions about well, should probably cut down and eat less meat. Um, should try and cycle to work and those kind of things. Making decisions which um, you know are good environmental decisions on a personal level and then as I started talking to more people within the health system it sort of became very clear that actually the system that I'm working within and the system of my profession is actually contributing a whole lot more than anything that I could possibly do in my personal life towards um, the carbon emissions of the UK I mean it starts with things like think about the amount of plastic we use when we put in a cannula and then once you start reading a little bit more and talking to people a bit more who've been involved in this for a while, it becomes very clear that actually the whole NHS system has a massive contribution to make um, in terms of carbon emissions for the UK. Um, and then on the flip side of that, uh, all of the problems that are associated with carbon emissions um, and our carbon output in the UK are actually really detrimental to health. Those things really jarred for me. They don't make sense that we should be working within this system that is producing so much carbon, is so bad for the environment, and yet we're going to be the ones who are dealing with the effects, the the health effects of all of this. And as paediatricians, we're dealing with patients who see the absolute worst effects of this um, in spite of contributing the least. So there's there's a huge unfairness there, Um yeah, I think that's that's what has really driven me so much in this direction. And I guess the, the sort of, as you say, there's kind of a, um, I think a lot of people um, have a t- sort of say, I, okay, I, I have a personal responsibility. Uh, you know, I mm. think it's right to do recycling. It's right to reduce the amount of meat I eat, uh, choosing my energy supplier, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, as you say, that the sort of sits slightly at odds with with the amount of carbon that, that the NHS as, as an organisation produces. I mean, was there any particular sort of light bulb moment with regards to sort of, you know, healthcare as contribution to, to environmental issues that, that, that arose for you? Or was it something that just sort of gradually crept up, do you think? 
I think it's one of those things that gradually, as you become more aware, you kind of, you realise by increments how bad things are. Um, And it's really when I made the connection that so many of the things that, of the the way that the planet is heating um, has direct effects on health um, and all the little things that you might not realise are happening. So air pollution is the one that everybody Mm. is very aware of at the moment. So burning fossil fuels is obviously terrible because it creates particulate matter that's terrible for uh, lung development and for asthma and for anybody with respiratory conditions. Um, It is related to cardiovascular deaths. We know that that is a fact. Um, But then things like Uh, So if the uh, climate changes, then vector ecology changes. So suddenly you get spread of tropical diseases into new places. Um, You have things like um, heat, uh, heat waves are associated with increased preterm birth rates. Um, You have excess deaths in infancy when there's long heat waves. Um, And then down to things like uh, mental health. So Climate anxiety, we're seeing a huge increase amongst our young young children and teenagers at the moment. Um, things like uh, you know, being involved in a climate disaster. Can you imagine being flooded out of your home as a child and the impact that that would then have on your later mental health? It's absolutely everything. So everything that... I, th- I kind of think the climate change has had a bit of a PR problem because actually, to me, it is all about health. I think if more people understood that how integral it is to human health to keep the climate at a stable level, then we'd all be jumping up and down about it. Yeah. And I think when you put it in those sort of terms, it's very striking, isn't it? Because as I think, you know, as as paediatricians, I think most of us are pretty decent people, I think. Um, Yeah, I hope so. We hope so. And in terms of sort of health promotion i think we're all we're all sort of keen on that and and but i guess to many people sort of health promotion thing is things like sort of diet and vaccination um but actually in terms of sort of looking forward and and even looking now maybe pushing environmental issues is probably the most important health promotion thing that we could do at the moment uh yeah i'd agree absolutely um i think that's more focus on this can only be a good thing. Um, the tricky thing is that obviously for a lot of our patients, this is kind of things that are out of their control, mm. um, which I think is where also we come in as paediatricians. And we we have to be really strong advocates for policies um, at a national and departmental level that can actually make influences because many of these things are, are not things that our patients can control. So there is this real balance there to be struck about what we can ask people to do and what we need to make sure we don't make individual people feel guilty about because actually the power to change lots of these things lies at a societal and governmental level. Mm, I, absolutely. I, I think I saw an interview with somebody who, who was a, who was appearing at the, the, the COP26 conference sort of saying, look, people doing individual things, that's great, but actually... I'm not sure how much difference it's going to make. It needs to come from a from a sort of governmental level. It needs to be agreed yeah. at a level to, to make a real difference and to, to reverse things or stop things. Yeah, I totally agree. This is one of my massive bugbears is um, when companies will come along and go, oh, well, well, you really need to recycle more or can't you just think about like taking, do one more journey by bike and actually, you know, yes, those things are important, but having all the focus on the individual 
is very much playing into what big companies and organisations who don't want to do anything to address their own emissions would want you to do. Mm. Um, so I don't know if um, I don't know if you know that the concept of a carbon footprint was invented by a fossil fuel company. So that was a very effective piece of marketing because it allowed them to go, oh, don't think about what we're doing. Think about your own individual carbon footprint. Maybe you should feel guilty about that for a bit. So I think maybe for the past 10 years or so, Mm. people have been very concerned about their own individual carbon footprint, which has allowed big companies and fossil fuel companies more time to sort of carry on doing the terrible things that they're doing um, while going, oh, don't worry about us worry about yourself, do what you can do on an individual level. Um, And yes, individual actions all add up um, and we should be aware of the choices that we make individually, but we can't let big polluters off the hook. And that's something that I really hope um, will come out of COP. Mm. Because as you said, there's there's also this sort of concept of, of, I think, what, been coined greenwashing um and i guess an analogy to that would be when it's pride month suddenly thousands of companies come out with lots of marketing about that um and then it disappears for 11 months of the year um and i guess there's sort of a probably a similar idea of of greenwashing with many companies at the moment um yes there's been some quite high profile greenwashing at the moment um shell has um been sponsoring exhibits at national galleries and things like that for a few years now um, and there's recently been a little bit of a stir at the science museum so the science museum has a new green energy gallery which is opening or opened um, this week uh, and they have chosen to partner with a fossil fuel company um, with with the green arm of a fossil fuel company mm-hmm. we should say but a larger conglomerate um is currently building one of the biggest coal mines in australia um so (laughs) it's a real conflict of interest and i think that fossil fuel companies are very keen to position themselves as the savior um where actually you know that yes they might be spending a couple of million on you know x renewable project over here but actually the vast majority of their money is still going into new oil and gas fields so it's hugely hypocritical but yeah the concept of greenwashing is saying oh look how good we are we're sponsoring the science museum about green energy um well yes let's not talk about the rest of our operation Mm. which is very heavily oil and gas so let's let's just bring it back down to maybe kind of our our local organizational levels um because Mm. i think you know maybe for some people might go yeah okay uh, you've persuaded me that that actually environmental issues are important to pediatricians uh, and yet maybe I hadn't thought about it in those terms but what mm. can I do at a sort of trust level organizational level um, yeah absolutely have any thoughts on that yeah so it's it's big isn't it so I think that the whole thing is is very macro um and I think it's important not to lose sight of of how big an issue it is and how much it affects absolutely everything but focusing too much on that means that you then kind of get a sense of helplessness and I think having a sense of helplessness is the is what we absolutely have to avoid at the moment because Mm. um 
we need everybody we need everybody to take every action that they can because there is still hope there will always be hope as long as people are taking action um so on a personal level what can we be doing so i think dividing it into kind of like personal choices um things that you can do as a department things you can do as a hospital um so don't underestimate the impact that your personal choices can make uh, so things like behaviour change, um, if you're choosing to reduce your meat intake or choosing to take the train on holiday rather than fly, tell people why you're doing that. Tell people why you've chosen to make that choice, because behaviour change does drive behaviour change around you, which is obviously a good thing. Um, as a department, one of the most effective things that I think that we can do that's kind of like already in our wheelhouse is quality improvement. Um, and there's, the Centre for Sustainable Healthcare has a specific module and courses about sustainable quality improvement. So that's integrating green um, ideas and sustainability into your quality improvement project, which we all know we have to do anyway. So why don't we include an extra dimension um, and really think about the carbon footprint of whatever sustainability project we have going on in the department? Um, really highly recommend doing that course. Um, then slightly bigger as a hospital. So I think there's a huge amount of power in going as a group of paediatricians, a group of clinicians to your chief exec and saying, this is what we care about. This is something that's going to affect the children in our hospital. This is going to something that's going to massively impact health inequalities that already exist. We care about this. What are you doing? Mm. Um, and, you know, there are trust execs who have, change their mind on declaring a climate emergency because they've been approached by clinicians um, and as paediatricians it's fantastic now because we we now have the rcpch position statement to back us up um, so rcpch re, um, released a position statement on sustainability um, and climate change last week oh, yeah. um, i much encourage everybody to read that but the three points that came out of that were Number one, ensure that child health is a central theme in all climate change policy decisions. Number two, prioritise the delivery of a rapid and just transition away from fossil fuels. And number three, targeted investment in climate resilient, low carbon and sustainable health and education services. So points one and two are very much applicable to how you run a hospital. Mm. Um, and I think going as a group of paediatricians with that to your chief exec and saying, this is crucial. What are you doing about it? Is a huge way to make local change. Absolutely, um, and, and it's interesting to note that the, the college seems to be very pro, very active in this. Having, I'm not saying it's not something I've noticed coming from the college for a while, but now there seems to be a lot coming from them. Um, do you think there's any particular reason for that? Is it a sort of change in in uh, um, president? Those sorts of things. Um, I think uh, Camilla Kingdon's leadership has been really crucial to this. Um, when a group of us went to um, the AGM a couple of years ago and said, we think the college should declare a climate emergency and this is why, she was always very receptive. Um, and I think that uh, really the senior members of the college have seen what a priority is this is for child health. And it very much fits along with the work the college is already doing about health inequalities. Mm. So I think it, it's all coming together in a really nice way. 
Um, and it's something I'm delighted to see the college take leadership on this. I think that we absolutely should be at the forefront of what's happening with climate change policy. And I have to say, I've not noticed it, but are you aware of any other colleges sort of taking this on? Or is it just the pesky paediatricians at the moment? <laughs> uh, it's not just the pesky paediatricians. Um, we weren't the first. Um, so um, RCGP have also done some very good work in this area. Um, and, you know, they've been um, quite vocal about things like uh, they had a, there was a fossil fuel company who was going to hire the RCGP yes. um, headquarters in London, which yeah. was met with a bit of outrage by members. Um, so there, there are other colleges working in this space, but I think that that we're we're right at the forefront at the moment, which I think is is where we need to be. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's really noticeable how much sort of the the college seems to be going towards that sort of concept of social justice and it may it really is I'm really really proud to be a member of the RCPCH at the moment. Yeah absolutely I mean just the things the various stances the college has taken um, over the past year about um, things affecting child health have been really fantastic to see so and I think that's that's where we need to be as a college like that's what we what we should be doing. Yes um, I, I guess one of the challenges about you know, quotes going green is that it's often perceived as expensive, um, uh, and you know we can't afford to to do this because I guess if I sort yeah. of say to my trust we should be doing X, Y, and Z, they may well turn around and go we can't afford to. Yeah, that's always the challenge, money, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I think the the counter to that is that uh, some of the things require a short term investment for long term gains. Mm. Um, some um, interventions are actually cheaper and a lot of uh, green healthcare is about doing less healthcare because actually keeping people healthy and out of hospital is by far the biggest carbon saving um, intervention that you can do um, and the other argument to make in you know in, in a very large scale is that dealing with the problems that climate change will cause is going to be far more expensive in the long term than kind of mitigating in the meantime and putting in things to stop those the worst case scenarios happening. Yeah. So for for people maybe listening to this or people sort of something that's pricking their conscience maybe what sort of resources would you direct them to to sort of think about how they can make changes either at a you know very personal level or departmental or trust wide level. Uh I think that um the first place is we're creating a, a hub on the RCPCH website for lots of climate change resources, um, which will be growing um, over yep. the next few months and years. Excellent. Um, which will be really exciting to see. Uh, there'll also be tools for things um, like, uh, so for example, the um, Royal College of Emergency Medicine has, has started a green framework for emergency departments. We're very much hoping that the RCPCH will have that as well, mm. which can plug into a number of different um, projects. Um, and then, as I mentioned previously, the Centre for Sustainable Healthcare runs a number of different courses, which I think are a great introduction to this space. Um, so one is about sustainable quality improvement, and one is about carbon footprinting for healthcare, that kind of thing. Um, and then people who are interested please to email the climate change working group um 
a dress, which I don't have off the top of my head, but please share it uh, at the college because currently uh, collating um, a list of people who are interested for the next stages of action that RTPCH will be taking in the next couple of years. Yeah, excellent. Um, that's that's been really interesting, Katie. And I think um, for, for those people who go, yeah, do you know what this is? This isn't not really as a paediatrician I've got so many other things to worry about and, and think mm. about um hopefully it will make people start to just think actually rather than why should I there is there is a well how can I possibly not afford not to think about these issues yeah absolutely and I think for me also um, it's it's quite easy to feel despair about everything that's going on but as soon as you start becoming involved in these networks and people taking an action doing amazing um, proactive campaigning and things like that the whole thing becomes a lot more positive so I would encourage especially anybody who's feeling a bit doomy about the climate to mm-hmm. start getting involved and doing something about it it's the best antidote perfect well that's a, that that's an ideal way to end the podcast so um Katie, thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it um and I look forward to seeing more of your tweets going forward about environmental issues because that's really really important and really useful thanks very much Ian Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to download our podcast this week. If you enjoy our podcasts, please tell your friends and colleagues and subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course, our SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.